Hallelujah. If you turn to uh, what is it, Matthew chapter 16, and uh, you know that uh, with everyone now, because of what happens in America at that university, talk about revival, revival, this, that, and the other. And, and uh, it's very important we understand revival is not, a, it's not an event. Okay? Uh, really, revival means really that we wake up. Okay, something gets revived, and uh, and it's not the world who has to be revived. Okay, uh, sometimes uh, when I see on Facebook, people get so offended about what the sinners now are coming up with, and uh, and I never understood why people get offended about what the sinners are coming up with. Because, because what do you expect? Okay, sinners sin. That's that's in their nature. So revival is not sinners getting saved. Revival is that the church wakes up, amen. And uh, and I believe that yeah, when I became when I when I was called to the ministry, I remember that the, in Denmark we have this uh, we have it's actually really typical Danish. Uh, you can go to a castle in the north of Copenhagen called uh, Elsinore. Uh, if you started Hamlet, you know you heard the phrase something is what in the state of Denmark. And at the castle that it is in is that castle. But in the basement, there is a huge statue of a sleeping Viking. And we call him Holger the Dane or something like that. And so he's sitting down there on, on his seat in the basement sleeping. And the story goes that when Denmark is in need, he will wake up. Okay, he's still sleeping. But anyway, and... Uh, but I remember that, I, that was the image that I received when I was called to the ministry. But now this was the church. It was not the, the statue. Okay, and, and when God said to me that the body of Christ is sleeping. And when he said something to me at that time, I didn't think it was so nice. And he said, you are the needle. You know, someone pricks you with a needle and you sleep, you wake up. Not very pleasantly, but you wake up. Okay, amen. And I believe that this is so important in the body of Christ today that the body gets woken up. Okay, now we're not talking about waking up. I'm not talking about that nothing is happening. Just because something happened doesn't mean that you are awake. I think that the body of Christ in general have fallen asleep in their own pleasures. Okay, that... Uh, Today, one of the most common phrases you hear now when you talk to about the Christians, or so-called Christians, is God showed me, God told me, God this one and the other, and yet they think that is meaning being alive. But that is not a sign of being alive. The, the sign of being alive is that you really truly meet Jesus. Not in terms of just having understanding of him, not just in terms of that you are agreeing with him, not just in terms of that you can quote him, or put it on Facebook, or whatever you may be, but that you are actually walking with him. Amen. In the, in, you know, the last thing Jesus told us before he ascended was, basically, he, the last instruction he gave to his church was, go into all the world and make disciples. Amen. And you know, but it's so important that we, that we understand when he said disciples, he didn't say students. He didn't say that uh, when we should we should study about him. He didn't say we should study him. He said we should follow him. Amen. And it's so. And this is the essence of Christianity. And I believe that 
there's a deception where many people and uh, who actually believe they're Christians, they have a Christian, uh, they have a Christian behavior, the Christian culture, the Christian words, and so on, but they never really, 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 really met Jesus. Okay, I remember many years ago I was in a meeting, some preacher was preaching, and when uh, he called out for salvation at the end of the meeting, and the pastor's wife came up, and uh, everyone was shocked. Are you not born again? Are you not saved? And so, no, because, but she said, no, she's never been born again. She's never been saved. But because she grew up, her, pa her parents were pastors. She grew up in the church. She'd just been used to, she'd gone through everything. She knew the lingo. She knew how to behave. She knew what to do and so on. But she said, in all this, she said, I don't think I ever met Jesus. I knew, she knew a lot about it. She could sing all the songs. She could do all these things. But when she heard that preacher pray, she realized, I need to meet Jesus. Amen. And this is what it is about. <coughs> it's not about that all other things because this is the foundation that have you met Jesus? Have you met him or have you just heard of him? Or have you just heard about him? Okay. And this is where, where he called us disciples. Because the thing is, with, with a disciple, learn by relationship. Disciples do not learn by studying about Jesus. No, theology is really the teaching about Jesus, a teaching about God. Okay, But discipleship is to follow him. In the olden days, we used to have this thing. I don't know. Now everyone has to go to university for all sorts of crazy subjects just to do anything. That, uh, that you, you, you became an apprentice. Okay, and when you followed your master, and after a set amount of years, when you did some final task, and now you are qualified, and very often you could uh, you could uh, you could see the way you did your work, they could trace back to who your master was in your apprenticeship, and it's the same thing with you and I as believers. But we are not here to study about Jesus; we are here to follow Him. Amen. So we are called to be disciples. And it's true that I, I preach a lot about that you are a child of a living God and you are, that we are believers and we are, but first and foremost, we are disciples. This is our task. Why? To be, so that we can follow him and become more like him and he will make us fishers of men. Remember when Peter, Jesus called Peter, he, when he said, follow me, follow me. He didn't say, Peter, listen to what I'm saying. Follow me. Follow me. And then he said, and I will make you a fisher of men. Amen. And it's so important that we need to come back to this thing that, we're, that, that when we, we are believers, we have to understand we are followers of Jesus. In the early days, we are not called Christians. We, uh, uh, in the book of Acts, in the early days of the book of Acts, the Christians, the believers, we were called, are you following the way? Amen. Meaning, there is a journey to walk. There is a journey to take. There is something that we have to do. It's not just about that, oh, I know this and no, I know that. You know, but I, I, I speak, when I speak to people very often, when they say, oh yeah, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. And yes, they know intellectually, but it's not in their life. Okay? And it's so vital we, we, we get this back into our life and we realize it's not just about 
joining a, a subculture that, that is called Christian, and we have our behaviors, we have our lingo, we have these things. No, it's about I become a follower of Jesus. Okay? Jesus, he said this thing, I only do what I see my father have shown me, which means he refers back to, again, relationship. He said, my, my father and I are one. Amen. He didn't say, I, start, I do everything that I started about with the Father. I do everything that I've seen. Amen. And this is so important. We get this back into our life because of, I think that many of the Western Christianity is very similar to Job, that they have, to, they have shaped God into their own image. They assume everything they see, everything they hear, everything they, they, they think and believe, they, they, they assume it is equivalent to what God thinks, okay? And most of the time, it isn't. 99.9% .9 of the time, most likely it's not. Because of Jesus said, your, your ways are not my ways. And because we are so emotionally driven, so we're thinking every time I feel good about something, then it must be God. Not necessarily. I'm telling you, the devil do not tempt you with things you don't like. He tempts you with things that you like, because else it's not a temptation. Amen. You know, he doesn't tempt you with a broccoli or whatever, unless you have weird eating habits. You know, and it's not like that. You know, so so we we have to come back to that. I am a disciple. In that word, disciple, there's another word we get from it in the English language: discipline. Okay, and now discipline is it's not like, forget about, don't think about an army where there's sergeant major screaming and shouting at you and this is discipline, but it is about really, don't follow your emotions. Okay, your, my, I, uh, your emotions, my emotions, most of the time will betray you, will make you feel one thing which is not reality. Okay, that's why we have to be disciplined, despite of how I feel, despite of how what I see with my physical eyes, whatever. If it if it's opposite to what the Word of God says, I must reject it. Amen. No, uh, you know, never let your feelings be the indicator of if you are with God or not. Okay, many of times you can feel so good and you are not with God. You go out in a uh, Friday night, there's a lot of people feel really, really good, but I'm not so sure they are very close to God. Okay? So, so, so be disciplined in meaning, once you made a path, stick to it. Don't waver, don't look left and right, just stick to it, be disciplined. Say, I decided to follow Jesus. Amen. This is how, and I'm telling you, when, you, when, we, when we adapt that kind of lifestyle, <clears throat> you don't need to think about that. I need to do more of this, and I need to do more of that. I need to be more of this, and I need to be less of that. Because I'm telling you, when you just focus upon Jesus and in following Him, the transformation happens automatically. You know, you probably know if some, if you meet a new person at work or whatever you may meet, some subtly you pick up a new word that you never heard, you never used before. Okay, why? Because of you fellowshipping with that person, if that word is a word that person uses very frequently, then that will rub off on you through relationship. You don't need to sit back at home and memorize, I need to learn to say that word. It just comes all by itself. And it's the same with the transformation into the image of Christ. Just follow him.
Amen. It is so, so, so important we get back to this thing because of the, we, are, we are placed in a world that is dying. Okay? We have to understand, and I, it's something, again, we don't like to talk about in the body of Christ. I don't know if it's because of this easy, and, but we have to understand that our aim is to reach people, uh, to introduce them to Jesus. Because if they die without the introduction, without the knowledge, without the meeting of Jesus, there is a hell that exists. Amen. It is so, this is our driving force because we were lost just like they were, but someone introduced us to Jesus and now we are saved. Amen. We must never, this, is, this is something we must always keep in mind, but we can numb our mind and think, oh, that is not so important. It's more important this than the other at all. And, but we have to understand we are, we are in a world where people, who, when they die, they, without Jesus, they are lost. Okay? And the, the thing is, only you and I have the privilege to preach the gospel. Amen? You know, but angels cannot preach the gospel. Okay? If, remember when Peter had a vision, uh, when the, the Gentile, when he had a vision of the unclean animals that came down, and uh, when there was a Roman soldier, he had a he had he had a dream, and when he was when he was told by the angel, go and call for Peter. Why couldn't the angel preach to him? Because angels can't preach. Why? Because angels can't say like you and I can say, once I was lost, but now I am saved. Amen. That's why that we are called to preach the gospel because we have experienced. The redemption of Christ. Okay, so so anyway, so in Matthew chapter sixteen, now when you see that, and this is why you know the purpose of being a disciple. Uh, let me see where sixteen and verse fifteen. The verses are not very well written in this on here. So sixteen. Oh, we could just start from thirteen. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Now, they basically covered every base. Who do, who do people say that I am? Yeah, you are the this, or you are that, or you know. I, I was standing behind someone in Denmark, you know, when Danish hot dogs, you know, that you can choose all sorts of things on it. And when this person who stood in front of me, he said something, this is typical Danish. Ah, oh, I just put everything on except for, and then it came a long line of what shouldn't be on. Basically, it was just a sausage. <laughs> they just put everything on except for. Okay, here, you say, who, Jesus, he said, who do people say that I am? Say, oh, maybe Jeremiah, maybe Elijah. Maybe one of the prophets, you know, they just covered every base. Basically, they had no clue. Can you imagine that? You know, that you had to understand Jesus, he, 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 like he said here, he, he, he said, I am the son of man. Okay? It wasn't like every time that uh, they were in a private corner when Jesus was floating around in the air and saying, I, I am Jesus. You know, see, I can do all these tricks, you know. I can... 
make a, uh, do you want water or wine or what do you want? Say, you know, I can just look at it and it will just ping. It will be, you want Diet Coke or Coca, whatever. It's not like that. He said, who do people say that I am? And they had no clue. Why? Because they knew him only from the physical. And he, was, he looked like a man. He behaved like a man, so he must be a man. So, and he said, I'm the son of man. So they said, who do people say they are? Oh, a tricky question. Yeah, we, 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 Elijah, because we know Elijah was supposed to come back. Okay, you know Elijah is supposed to come back. That's why the Jewish people always have an empty chair at Passover view, because in case Elijah comes. Okay, and uh, but anyway, so they say, who do people say that I am? And uh, so, as we said, some say, John, no, before I get to that, I just notice the area that he's in, Jesus. He's in Kesewea. No, I don't know if you paid attention to that. That means Caesar's area. Okay, that's why the city is named Kesewea. It's after Caesar, is Caesar's area. It's like Istanbul used to be called Constantinople. Okay, it, it was named after Constantine, and it was like a, a mirror image of Rome. You know, East, I think Istanbul is also built on seven hills, and Rome is built on seven hills. Actually, the people who lived in in Constantinople, they were not called; they were called uh, Romans. Okay. Anyway, but my point in this is to say it doesn't matter where you are; God can always find you. Sometimes, you know, when I became a Christian, there was a lot about this spiritual warfare thing and so on. And this was an oppressed area, and that was an oppressed area, and it was very hard to break through here, you know. But no, because when I am born again, I am under an open heaven always. Amen. There is no, nothing is too difficult for God. God doesn't need to come down. He's already within. Amen. One of the revelations that have become very much alive to me lately is this thing that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Not the holiday home. You know, the Holy Spirit don't come and visit you every now and then, whenever he feels it's convenient. No, he said you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That means you are his permanent residence. And you know, he does not go on holiday. He's there 24-7. And it doesn't matter where you go, the Holy Spirit is there with you. Amen. So it doesn't matter where, what area you're in. What, uh, you know, there's no such thing as a depressed area, depressed this way the other. Why? Because he who's in you is greater than he who's in the world. Amen. You know, Daniel and his three friends were thrown into to the dungeon. Okay? And went into a furnace, and then the king looks down and he sees a fourth man. That was Jesus. Amen. Talk about being in a dark area. God is not limited by these things. Okay. Anyway, so so uh, so oh, it's thirteen. So, but who? But so so he said. No, so, so some say, John Repair, notice he said, they say, some say, they didn't say, I say, some say, some say. It's like when someone don't like you. Have you ever noticed that? When someone comes up to you and say, I, you experience that a lot as a pastor. When someone doesn't like you, they say, there's some of us. 
No, it's always plural. When someone doesn't like what you have done or said or whatever, so they come up to you. Some of us didn't like what you said. So when you ask, who are some of us? Yes, some of us. Meaning me. What when you say, uh, I don't like. We don't say I don't like what you said. No, no. Some of us. <laughs> okay. Anyway, here they say some say. We didn't say we say some say because we didn't know what to answer. You know, I, have you ever had someone ask you a, a question and it seems to be so obvious the answer, but so you're thinking there must be something that's up here. You know, no, no, you, you have the answer, but you don't want to because, no, it can't be that simple. It can't be that obvious. So, so we reply, some would say, so just to cover our bases, okay, they said some. Do you know what is scary with it here? They're walking with Jesus 24-7. And yet we didn't know who he was. Amen. That's scary. No, but do you know why? Because we, we say, I found Jesus. But in reality, really, we found him because he found us. Amen. You know, but he, you know, we, we say, I found Jesus. I found salvation. No, yeah, I know what you're saying. But in reality, he found us. Okay, so basically, some some would say, some would say, I don't know if it was John and his brother and so on. Maybe Matthew, why didn't write, why didn't you put name instead? Don't say some. Okay, so I mean, some so, so, so say some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Jesus, he said to them, he said to them. But who do you say that I am? Amen. Do you know that? Who do you say that I am? Jesus said. He, he said, but yeah, they say obviously, but what do you say? What do you say? Do you know that the wonderful thing about uh, the faith is someone said once, God has no grandchildren. Amen. We are all, you know, like, so, like, I cannot live on someone else's faith. God has no grandchildren. No, our children, at one stage, they have to make their own decision for Jesus. No, no one can force them to do it. They have to do it on their own. God has no grandchildren. Like this pastor's wife, she grew up in a, in a, in a, in a family, a Christian family and so on, but never really came to a point and said, I need to meet Jesus until that day. Okay, so but he said, but who do you say? Who do you say? What do you say? And you know what? It's so important that my revelation of Jesus, that my encounter with Jesus when I met him is mine. Amen. I can't live on, you know, like now, you know, it's very popular too. When I cross with Wigglesworth, because I, I like it, because I can be rude without taking responsibility for it. You know, I can just blame him. That's why I quote Smith Wigglesworth, okay? Because he was a... You know, in 21st century terms, he, he was straight talking, straight shooting. So, so when, when you want to be a little bit rude in 21st century, I just quote Smith Wigglesworth. Okay, so then I can blame him. Okay, but there are groups of people who nearly worship him as a saint. Okay, which is ridiculous. Okay, he's a human being like anyone else. Okay, and because we can we can name drop the Smith Wigglesworth or whatever famous preacher we may have a great admiration for us or whatever, 
that we can end up living off the scraps of their fate, which is not fate. Okay, so like we, 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 was it the Apostle Paul? I can't remember. It was the Corinthians church. They say, yes, uh, some follow Jesus, some follow Paul, some follow this and that and the other. No, we follow Jesus. Amen. And and it's so important that the faith that we have is individual. Amen. That I have been born again. Amen. I'm not just in an environment of people being born again, but I am born again. Amen. I am not. A, I'm not. I am a real. I experience the new birth in Christ, and now I am a new creation. I can tell you, seventh of January, uh, seven past midnight. Actually, that was when the Russians celebrate Christmas. Okay, New Year. You no know, Christmas. Yeah, that's where I got saved. I can tell you exactly. That's where I met Jesus. Amen. And it's so important we have a, we, we have that you know just like with other people you you will know that was the day I met them. If someone say asks you do you know that person, you say no, but I know about them, meaning you don't know them. Okay. And same thing with 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 with, with Christianity with Jesus. That do you know Jesus? I'm not asking if you know about him, but do you know him? Amen. And uh, so that's what Jesus he says to these people. No, so uh, no. So the other thing is that you have to understand the reason for, for why the disciples said these things. When, and when Jesus said, "What do you say?" Because of they couldn't see. You know, it's easy for us with hindsight and say, "Oh, can't we see it was Jesus? He was obvious and so on." But the thing is that that. You don't know Jesus by the natural. You have to know him by heart. That's why blind Bartimaeus, he, when he heard about Jesus, he cried out, Son of David, which is the messianic title for, 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 for Jesus, Son of David, where everyone else said it is Jesus from Nazareth. Okay, Why, why could blind Bartimaeus so-called see that it was Jesus, and why could the people who had a physical eyesight, why could they see Jesus of Nazareth? It's because it's from heart to heart. It's through revelation. Amen? It's through revelation. And you can be around Christians, you can be around it all your life, and yet not have the revelation. You know, Judas, he was maybe the most entrusted employee, or whatever we will call him, of Jesus. And I say that he was the most entrusted. I don't think it was Peter and John. I don't think it was uh, his brothers, Andrew, and so on. I think it was uh, uh, Judas, because he carried the purse. He, he took care of the money. Okay? And anyway, so, but he said, who do you say that I am? Who am I to you? Do you know? Uh, some could say, oh, you're you're the one who provides all the food every day. You're the one who, you're the boss. You tell us, go where we go where. You tell us, go do this, we do that. You are, you are the boss. You're the boss of bosses or whatever. Okay? That's not, but he said, who do you say that I am? And now we come to Peter's amazing moment. Amen. So Peter, he probably thought he would go. Remember when the kids were in school, they got gold stars. Uh, Peter probably thought he was going to get a gold star here. Okay, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered. Simon Peter answered. I probably when you get to Peter's uh, 
uh, mansion in heaven, he probably have that verse on his fridge. Amen. Oh, the clip of YouTube. Simon Peter. Where am I? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah. Amen. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Amen. Blessed are you, but notice over, he didn't call him Peter, he called him Simon Bar Jonah. No, revelation always brings transformation. Okay? You know, a lot of people who say, think revelation is like something like, uh, oh, I've never seen it like this before. And we think that's revelation. No. Revelation, the way you can recognize revelation is it brings natural transformation. You know, when I had the revelation of Jesus, everything changed. The way I looked at life, the way I looked at myself, the way I looked at others, the way I looked at my past, the way I looked at my future, the way I looked at my present. Now, remember, I say Simon Peter said, Simon, and when Jesus said, but I say to you, Simon Bar Jonah, there was no Peter. There was no Peter anymore. Okay, there was no Peter because revelation transforms. But many of times, it's more like the, the, the way the word revelation is used is when people hear something, oh, that's interesting. I've never seen it like this before. And they think that is revelation. No, revelation is that you transform. There's a transformation that comes with revelation. The day when I heard, uh, back in 1992, August 1992, when I heard a man called John Avancini for the first time in my life, I'm telling you, I never looked at money the same way as after I listened to him. It was just crazy. I never seen anything like it. We took up an offering. It took about 40 minutes. And then after 40 minutes, they say we need to close it down now. And then people said, no, 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 no. I just been home to collect. And money flew through the room. And I said, I was actually, I said to Pastor Frank's brother, can you catch me when we're throwing it, you know? Actually, I have, my, I have many experiences for that conference. I think it was Benny Hinn who was preaching a night where, and then he called everyone forward to the platform or whatever. And then that was when, that was when Benny Hinn was fun. You know, when uh, he just uh, waved his jacket and everyone fell and, and so on. And I stood there. And this big mama stood in front of me, and she fell in the spirit, I'm telling you. <laughs> I didn't fall in the spirit, I fell. <laughs> that's why I, you know, that's why I'm so skinny. I was completely, I've been crossed ever since. <laughs> I've done everything else to get it to bounce back. But after, I was just, I was just minding my own business, thinking, you know, I never experienced And when this big mama in front of me, when Benny Hinja, whatever he did at the time, and from that moment, I don't remember anything. <laughs> Apart from, <laughs> yes. Okay. But anyway, uh, well, that was not, but, so, so if you want to, anyway, no, it's different. But, but the thing is that, uh, I, I can see some of you, you have a very, very bad imagination, you know. <laughs> when, uh, I nearly got killed there, you know. <laughs> I said, 
Is it you, Jesus? <laughs> no. Anyway, but he said, Blessed are you, Simon. Now, oh, sorry. I better read it instead of just me making up what I'm quoting. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Do you know what is interesting here? There's something I just see now. He said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Do you know what? Here, you know, he having a revelation of who Jesus is. And when he say he, he cuts away with the word Peter, okay? He says, Simon. No, sorry, here. Blessed are you. Blessed are you, Simon. Yeah. I, I can't know this because my I'm not used to this Bible. The verses are not the way it's supposed to be. No, so, so blessed. Uh, the son of a living and Jesus and blessed are you Simon son of Jonah blessed are you Simon now what I want to say here is that sometimes people when they say they hear from God one of the one of the signs where you can hear it's not God is that when, when we become dogmatic but we cannot listen because now notice he make a reference to his father he says, Simon, uh, no, Bar Jonah, Bar in Hebrew means basically uh, off or son of. Okay? So, so, it's, so, 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 when, so when we are spiritual, so to speak, that doesn't mean now, but now everything else, you know, I've met many times when people have heard ridiculous things from God, I'm trying to say, oh, that's not God. Oh, God showed me. They can't listen to anything. God showed me. This one and the other. God showed me, and they can be so dogmatic about it, and they cannot hear, even when it's the most stupid thing. You know, I heard people say, God told me to be divorced. I said, no, yeah, God showed me, and when, and then when I should marry this guy, yeah, but that person is married already. Yeah, but God told me, okay? And it's not God, okay? Like, I see this in connection with what Jesus, he said, how can you say that you love God who you can't see if you can't love your neighbor who you can see. Okay? And I think it's a principle, the same is, but how can you say that you submit to God if you can't submit to people who are in your life? No, that, that's why if you talk, everyone lo loves to talk about Ephesians 6, about the, the full armor of God and so on and so forth. They don't like to read uh, chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, where it talks about children, obey your parents. Parents, be how you should be parents. Husband and, so, uh, and wife and everything is all about these things first, before you come to a spiritual warfare. Do you understand? We're not so spiritual that someone says, well, you know, they say, but you can be so spiritual that you are no earthly good. No, you don't have a head in the cloud. No, spirituality is not by a certain kind of behavior. And so spirituality is, can you manifest the kingdom of God? Amen. You don't need to, oh, I, you know, you know I, I'm going to, I think I'll write a book about the crazy things that happens in a, a charismatic church. You know, I, I heard, I've been to prayer meetings where they swing plastic swords. I remember that. Uh, other places, we, we wave the flag and we hit the preacher with the flag and and uh, and also when the Holy Spirit comes upon me and all sorts of stupid things that people think is to do with spirituality. No, spirituality is can people see Jesus in you? 
Amen. Not a maniac, Jesus. You know, I've I've met people. Oh, when the Holy Spirit is one, you know, it's all sorts of stupid things that, that comes out. No, can they see Jesus in you? Amen. That's all that matters. You know that uh, that I I've seen people who are very very loud, are people who are very quiet, and so on and so forth. And you know what? But uh, it, but if God manifests, that's what matters. If you go to Africa. You know, but if you don't shout, 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 you know, you know, if you're not lost your voice, you're not preached. Okay, like, like you know, have you? We're sweating all over the place, and and so on. If you and you need, you know, you need a handkerchief. You can't preach in Africa if you don't have handkerchief. Okay, why? I don't know why, but this is just the custom. Actually, it reminds me of that. Uh, I have a Norwegian pastor friend, and uh, he have no hair. And he, you know, I don't know why men have such an issue with it, with their hair. We're worse than women, okay? Anyway, so he got a, there was a guy in his church who who made wigs, but because he was on TV, so you know that in TV you need these strong lights and so on. And uh, so what happened was over a few times, the wigs start losing color because of uh, the strong light and so on. But not only that, he starts sweating. <laughs> but at least he was very free. So one day, in the middle of the sermon, he took his wig off, rubbed off, off then and put it back on. Amen. He was free. But I don't know why men have, you know, you know it's crazy. I, I, I know people, men, who spend fortunes trying to get a little bit extra grass on their head. <laughs> okay. And it's just crazy, okay? My dream is that I will lose my hair completely. So I don't need to go to a barber anymore. Uh, because I, I I, think it's a waste of time, okay, sitting there waiting for something. Anyway, so but he said, so, uh, so I say to you, Simon Barjona, blessed are you, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Blessed are you, son of, no. Now I'm mixing King James and this is translation, okay? And Jesus answered, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Blessed are you. Now that is what it means to be blessed. Amen. That is what it means to be blessed. It, it's not that. Uh, today, blessed is like a Christian, okay. You know, like uh, when, when, when you ask the kids, how, how was the day in school? It's okay. Like an okay can mean many things. Okay, it was okay. Okay, I don't want to tell you. Okay, it's none of your business. Okay, you know, it can mean all these things. Okay, if you ask questions, how are you? I'm blessed. So, and I'm telling you, when I learned, I had to ask five times. How are you? I'm blessed. Uh, how are you? I'm blessed. 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 Ah, everything is falling apart. Okay, it's like, okay, so, but blessed is to have the revelation. Blessed because, well, why was it blessed? Because Jesus said, my father in heaven had shown you. Remember the tithing, Malachi 3.10, where blessed, he would pour out a blessing so great, it's not material. Okay, I never met anyone who said, okay, that's it, I got all the money, everything, my bank account is if I put one penny more into my bank account, it will burst. 
I don't know anyone. I don't, you know, there are plenty of room for more. Okay? So blessing is not a material thing. The blessing is when the windows of heavens are open, that God can communicate with you. Amen. Every husband knows that. When the wife goes in silent mode, the man is in trouble. Amen. There's no amen here. Okay. Estella said, Jerry says amen. <laughs> no. But you know, that's where the trouble is. You know, as I said to you before, the curse of God, when God's judgment, God's anger, is not that He throwing everything at you and something bad happens to you. That's not God's anger. God is, He just withdraws. And that's why so many people today, they hear all sorts of weird things from God because they don't realize God has withdrawn. So now they're relying upon their own imaginations and past experience. Remember Samson? You know, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, is always self-announcing. When I met Jesus, I decided I'm never going to tell anyone because of that. I don't want to be one of these weirdos, you know, that lived in the past century, dressed like in the past century, talked like in the past century, couldn't do anything, had to go to bed at 9 o'clock Friday evening. I didn't want to do that, so I'm not going to tell anyone. But the first day I came back at school on Monday morning, Everyone just looked at me and said, what happened to you? When the Holy Spirit comes, it's self-announcing. Amen. But the thing is, when the Holy Spirit withdraws, you know, Samson didn't know that the Holy Spirit had withdrawn, which is a terrifying thing. Billy, Billy Graham used to have a sermon that is called something about how many Sunday services would there still be after the Holy Spirit had taken his church home. Okay, because many of them we just go by a program. We go by what we are accustomed to. I remember when, you no, know, it was in autumn when we turned the clock backwards, isn't it? Yeah, in autumn. So we have to come. So I, I come. No, sorry, it was in spring because he came. This guy, he came an hour. No, no, it's autumn. So he came an hour early to church. He was so when we came, he was he was like. He was so terrified. He thought the rapture had happened. Everyone was gone because the church door was locked. No one was there. Not even the deacon of the church who usually always went away. Everything was... He was so terrified about it. Okay. Anyway, but that's the blessing of God. You know, when... when, when and another thing you need to understand about God, but God does not spend most of his communication time with you saying, Oh, you're so wonderful, God. Oh, I love you, God. Are you happy? No, but, no, but that's not how God communicates with me. Okay? 99% of the times when God communicates with me is always in an instructive or corrective way. Amen. Why? Because I'm a disciple. I'm a disciple and I need to transform. Meaning, I need to hear things that I hadn't heard before. I need to do things by, that I hadn't done before. But the way God's communication is portrayed today is more like you're a little fat baby in the, in the Moses basket and God is tickling under your... This is the relationship people have to, with God. If you speak to Americans, they always say, yeah, God spoke to me and he said, son, 
Okay? <laughs> no, but when times God say, Kurt, I want you to start doing this, I want you to stop doing that, I want you to do this and that, because he wants me to develop. He wants me to grow. And I have not got there where I say, oh, you don't need to say anymore, God, I made it. No, I need to grow from glory to glory. Amen. And you know what? When God disciplines you, when God corrects you, it's a sign that he cares for you. If, he, if you never receive discipline from God, if you never receive correctness, uh, 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 you should be in doubt of, does God actually care about me? Amen. You know, I don't go to a neighbor's house and knock at the door. I, I think your kids should start doing this. Naughty kids. No, I don't. Why? Because they are not mine. I just sit in my own house thinking, oh, I'm glad these kids are not mine. <laughs> okay. you know, but now, I'm at this, now I'm back at that age now when, when you see someone where the kids completely lose the temper or whatever and the mom doesn't know what to do and is in public space and the mom is so embarrassed. I just say, hey, I'm glad I'm beyond that point. Okay? <laughs> I don't go and correct them why? because they're not mine. And the same thing with God. We need to understand that because so many people portray the way God communicates to them. It's not God, it's fantasy. It's imagination because God does not talk like that. Proverbs talks about that he corrects, he disciplines, he who loves. Amen. I know amen here. <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, so you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Now, meeting Jesus can only come through revelation. You and I cannot save anyone, do you understand? You and I can introduce people to Jesus. For them to meet Jesus, they have to do it themselves. Amen. Because you say, flesh and blood. I'm telling you, I, I, I witness to people sometimes and I thought, wow, I was really articulate, I was really good. Wow, uh, the way I communicated the gospel to them, that was amazing, I thought. And we didn't get saved. Okay, because my heart was not ready. When there's other people, when I was in Ukraine the first time, all you had to do was just say, Jesus, and, ah, I want to be saved. Okay. Because when you come back to, to England, Jesus, nothing happens. <laughs> it does, because it, it's unless the Father in heaven reveals. It's not down to us. That's why none of us should ever say, no, but I can't do it. I can't do this. I can't do that. Yes, you can. Because it's not down to you. No, but I'm not as good at doing this as this and with the other, whatever. No, it's not down to that. Do you know we are called to be witnesses? We should, you know, we shall witness of Jesus, not preach to him. Do you understand? Uh, I was in the city center the other day in Leeds, and when I got preached that again, I know the people, and uh, so I said, "You, we are supposed to witness to him, not preach to him." What is a witness? Is what I have experienced. Okay? If I share your story, now I'm a reporter. I'm not a witness. But if I share my story, I'm a witness. 
you know, we, we you know, you have, even the Bible say that the letter kills, but the spirit brings life. So how can you preach the gospel to people? Now preaching the word, you know, this when we are to people who don't have the spirit. No, we we, we witnesses. Okay. Anyway, so uh, oh, get there. So he say, blessed are you. So okay, I read that so many And I tell you. You are Peter, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, now, on this rock, it's not Peter who is the rock. Do you understand? The Catholic Church got that all wrong. Peter is not the rock. Amen? It's the revelation that Peter had that was the rock. That revelation, not Peter, okay? So you can go to the Vatican and say, you got it all wrong. <laughs> 2,000 years of stupid. <laughs> anyway, but it's the revelation. And when you have revelation, I'm telling you, you will realize that revelation is a rock. And you know what that rock is? Is Jesus. Jesus is a rock. Okay? Jesus is a rock. And we say, now, now, now we come to the interesting part. And I will tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. The revelation of Jesus is the foundation, is the rock. When I'm telling you, if you have a revelation of that Jesus is the Son of God, I'm telling you, no matter what happens, no matter what you're seeing, no matter what you're going through, you will stand firm. Amen. No wind can blow you over. No circumstance can can destroy you, nothing, because you are founded upon the rock. Okay? You know, they said, you know, this horrible, uh, terrible uh, accident or uh, cat catastrophe in Turkey with the earthquake, that they said that, they are, uh, no, but if that earthquake had happened in Japan, for example, there wouldn't be the same kind of devastation because they built the houses differently. Okay? You know, but... The problem is that in good times, everything looks the same. You know, like, you know, really, you know, just look at pictures from Dubai when you see all the architecture of the buildings. And so on. I'm telling you, everything is built on sand. One big flood, and it's all gone. Okay? But you and I, we, you know, that if you build upon religion, if you build upon philosophy of Jesus, whatever, it can all look nice. It can all look like your life is all so well together and so on. But it's the rock that matters. I've seen people, oh, oh, you know, I'm, oh, they're oh, honey in church. Oh, I love you, honey. When a little thing happened, they divorced. Okay? Uh, preachers who spend all their time telling from the platform about how much they love their wife and they divorced a year later and so on. It, it cannot, and then everyone says, oh, my marriage is not like this. No, no, no don't, don't go by appearance. It's about, is it built upon the rock? Amen. Is, it, is my life built upon the revelation that Jesus is the Son of God? Hallelujah. And uh, so... You know, you got here. You can hear I'm very excited because I've been with so many old people lately. Pastor Erling, you know, old man. <laughs> I have seen his baby. It's like a giant. 
know, I've been so, so I feel so young, you know, when when I was with all these old people, you know. So I was, and I felt even better when I realized I woke up four o'clock in the morning in Denmark. Oh, this is about time past there. I, I just picked a pastelling with a bottle of milk. <laughs> that made me feel real, really good. Okay. Uh, so uh, he hears what I'm sharing with you. You know, I'm sending my sermon to him. <laughs> so and uh, so and say on, uh, on this rock I will build my church. Okay. Now build the church again. It's a process. Everything in the kingdom of God is a process. Okay, everything that God does is organic. It's not mechanical, it's organic. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a seed. Amen. And the problem with a seed, I find, when you put it in the ground, the first thing it does, it grows downwards. I want it to grow upwards, I have something to see. But trust the process. Trust the process. Don't don't be fooled, you know, but don't be fooled by when you're going through the process. The devil can make images up in you, in front of you and say, Ah, oh, look at them, and look at them, everything is just wonderful. It was so easy for them or whatever. That's a lie. Okay? That's a lie. Okay. I know a couple, they, they've been married now. They just have their golden anniversary. They're 60 years, isn't it? Golden anniversary. 50 is silver. No, 25. No, 50 years. 25 is silver, yeah. Sorry. And... Uh, but, you know, what they said, you know, if, you know, their life was not like, oh, I love you, I love you too, I love you, I love you. Shall we hold one another's hand? No, they said, they, they come from an age when, when something was broken, they fixed it. Amen. Today, we are in a culture where something that we don't like, we quit. Okay? No, that's why, like, when I left Denmark, where we have, we have what is it, cover, 12 and a half years of marriage, where, where is your copper anniversary? When I lived in Denmark, no one celebrated that at all. Now I go back to Denmark, everyone celebrates it because they say, I don't think we reached 25. Because of where everyone is just used to, I just quit. Whenever things are not going my way, I just quit. Now we, we, we don't say it like that as Christians. We say, God showed me. Okay? I'm telling you, no. I don't care if a Gabriel comes down and sings for you, or whatever uh, you say, 10 million angels comes down and say to you, it's okay to be divorced. No, forget it. It's not God. Amen. That's why you have witnesses. The angels are witnesses. So when Natalie comes, I was a witness to Natalie's wedding. So That's why she got a picture on an old mantelpiece of me. <laughs> Maybe I should do it next time someone gets me. So we get a picture. I mean, I'm, no, no. anyway, so I will build my church. Now, this is the exciting part. I said all these things just to say this. I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And the gate of Hades will not prevail. No, this is hell, okay? And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If you listen to <coughs> what I preached in Denmark last Sunday, you can find it on YouTube, that uh, he who has the revelation that Jesus is the son of the living God, the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. Amen. 
Now, it also shows that, you know, that so many times you say, the devil attacks me, the devil attacks me, the devil attacks me, the devil do this to me. No, 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 no. You have to understand the devil is more scared of you. Amen. If you don't believe me, just take your makeup off. <laughs> you know, it's every man. That's why men grow hair so great. <laughs> no, no, everyone, you know, we have been, I've been, I, I, I was told that so many times. If I had a penny for every time I was told, I would be a billionaire by now. But this, oh, the devil attacks you. The devil attacked me. The devil this friend and the other. You know, like, but like, it's like that the initiative was always with the devil. So, but if, so what I call faith was always when I was reacting to what the devil did. But that's not faith. Here it says, Jesus said, the gates of hell. You know, the gates don't attack you. The gates are there to preserve or protect something. And now, it says, and it's Jesus say, and he who has the revelation that Jesus is the son of the living God, the gates of hell shall not withstand it or prevail against it. That means that when there's, a, there's no worship song called that uh, take back what the devil has stolen. Okay, but when you go for your healing, when you go for your provision, when you go for your breakthrough, whatever you need, the devil cannot withstand you. He cannot hold it back. Amen. No, so when people use this Old Testament, I mean, you know, remember the story about <coughs> Daniel is praying, Gabriel's coming down, and when Gabriel says, No, you were hurt the first time, but because the devil withstood. He had to say, that's before the cross. Amen. The, the, the devil is defeated. Amen. And the, the, the other thing, God does not need to come down. He's already in you. Amen. He's already in you. So he who has the revelation that Jesus is the Son of God, the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. Amen. So go out and claim this. Go out and take that. Amen. Don't wait for it. Don't give the devil so much credit. Oh, the devil resisted me. Yeah, but the Bible says he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And not only that, he's defeated on top of that. So now you go and take what is already yours. Now you go and take your healing. Now whatever you whatever you need to succeed in your life, you can go and take it now. And the Bible says, He who has this revelation that Jesus is the Son of the living God, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Can you hear about how ridiculous the gate attacked me? My, no, if you run into the door, did you say the door? You probably would say, the door attacked me. <laughs> no. Okay, no, you walked into it. But they say, when you see in the Word of God what Jesus has provided through his finished work on the cross, and say, hey, forgiveness is mine, redemption is mine, restoration is mine in Jesus' name. He cannot hold it back. Amen. When you and I we met Jesus, don't you think he would have done everything he could in his power to try to stop you from receiving Jesus as your son? As his savior. But he couldn't. Why? Because he who had, because when we come to Jesus, we have, he is 
Jesus, the Son of the Living God, He is my Savior, and the gates of hell could not prevail. Amen. Amen. You are a mighty man of valor. You are an awesome uh, creature. You are a new creation. You are not the tail. You are the head. So a lot of us. So when I used to grow up with faith, was something that I was already always reacting to what the devil did. No, it's the devil who reacts to what I did. There was a preacher who said this thing that when he woke up every morning, it was just I don't. It was just for him to to create a point. But he said, when I wake up, the devil say, Ah, he's awake. Amen. Because now faith is not that faith is not to be passive. Faith is to be active. Now go in and possess everything that God has given you. Joshua 1, 8 and 9, God said to Joshua, Now this is the promised land. I've given you that land. And yet he had to go and possess it. Now healing is yours. Don't, don't learn to live with it. Say, I, by his stripes I have been healed. Amen. Tell your body, you are healed. Tell yourself, I am healed. Tell yourself that I am more than a conqueror. Tell yourself that I have all the need for all things. Spirit, soul, body, whatever. You know, all my needs are taken care of. Why? Because he who has the revelation that Jesus is the Son of God, the gates of hell cannot prevail. They cannot stop you. Amen. You are unstoppable. Amen. Be as relentless in your pursuit of that as we are relentless when we complain to God. You know, that's one thing we've all been good at. Have you noticed? No one tells us anything. I used to, my prayers used to be something like, Oh God, why me? Oh, how long? Okay. No, that's not, that's not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, wow, this is mine. And now, wow, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Amen. I can't remember if it's, if it's Jeremiah or Ezekiel. It talks about at the end of times, we are going to walk past the devil and we will, be, and we will say, look at him, and we say, is he the one who created the chaos? Someone said to me once, the devil is a, what was it, a mouse with a big microphone. Okay, it's so, you know, the, the Bible says he roars like a lion. It doesn't say he's a lion. Okay, don't worry about the sound effect. Okay, and whatever he says to you, don't worry about it. Amen. Because he have no, he don't have a prophetic gift. If you look at the stones in Lucifer's, uh, 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 he, there are three stones that he doesn't have, that Jesus had, and one of them is the prophetic. He cannot tell you the future. Or you can do like everyone else do when he tells you about your past. Tell him about his future. Amen. Just tell him, just go to the end of the book. We win. We have won. Amen. So now I want to stir it up. Don't wait for something to happen. You have everything already now. Now you go and possess it. Amen. Now you go and possess it. Because, you know, how do, so how do I possess it? You claim it. You know how you're speaking it out, not to impress people around you, but you're speaking it out. What is in your heart, you speak it out. Just like how did you get saved? But when you believe in your heart, and what?
confesses with your mouth. So the way it comes in, and your confession is also your action, okay, your decision making. So that's how it gets into your life. Amen. So don't be don't be led by your emotions. You might not feel like you are a mighty man of valor. Doesn't really matter what you feel like. Amen. You know, when Monday morning when you go to work, you might not feel like it's Monday, but your work don't care. It's Monday. Show up. That's it. Don't go by the emotion. Emotions comes and goes. Okay? But the word of God stays the same. Amen? Don't, don't, don't compare yourself with those around you because you don't know what they go through and they don't know what you go through. And the devil will always make everyone else look better than you. Okay? <laughs> and when... And, and you wouldn't believe it. The devil will say exactly the same to the person you compare yourself with. To compare with you. Because he's a liar. Okay? Don't be... So, so now, faith is acting. Faith is responding. Now, faith is possessing. For too long, we have, we have, we have, we have been satisfied with just reading about the good things of God. And it is stayed in the, in the Bible. No, it's not supposed to stay in the Bible. It's supposed to come into your life. And we have a great heritage of great men and women of God who have done that, that has formed our society the way it is. You know, you, know, you go to any hospital nearly in the Western world, they're all called some Christian name, saying something and whatever. Uh, because, they, 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 uh, because people, the pioneers, they acted upon it. They, they saw, they saw it. They saw that he who has the revelation with Jesus is the Son of God. The gates of hell cannot prevail. The gates of hell. And it doesn't matter if you have to knock once or twice or three times, four times, six times. It doesn't really matter. Just keep, keep going. Because the breakthrough is there. He cannot withstand you. Remember, the, the, the devil is not patient. The devil has no longevity. When he tried to tempt Jesus, he could only manage to give three temptations. And when it says he came to the end. And you know what? That was before the victory on the cross. Now, after the victory on the cross, he's stripped of everything. That's why the only weapon he has got now, the devil, is deception. Okay? And how do you overcome deception? By the truth. Who is the truth? Jesus said, I am the truth. Amen. Truth is not like the truth. truth when Jesus talk about truth, it's not that the world is flat or the world is round or whatever. No, Jesus said, I am the truth. So when you know Jesus, when you are in him, you are protected from deception. So when he says all sorts of stupid things to you, the devil, just ignore it because you know the truth. I think Romans 8.32 you shall know the truth. That's Jesus. And the truth shall set you free. And I think in some translation, free indeed. So it's just like an extra reminder. Amen. So you can, so whatever you are facing right now, don't face it as a victim. Don't face it as something, oh, it's so difficult. Face it, I can do it. As I say, my favorite English phrase in England is that, of course you can. Amen. Of course you can. Oh, face it. Of course you can do it. Amen. Of course you can. Amen. Don't 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 settle for mediocrity. 
Don't settle for second best and call it blessed. No, God has a beautiful plan for each one of us and let's go out and possess it. Amen. So when we come and visit, I mean, a 20 bedroom mansion. No, amen. <laughs> I could see her there. Oh, oh, that cleaning. <laughs> but, uh, you have to you know, you, you, you will be amazed to see you know, we, what God has for you here. Not, not just when you go there. Night, no, here. On this earth. Amen. On this earth. There are plenty of happiness in front of you still. Good experiences, breakthroughs, blessings, whatever your heart desires. You know, the Bible says that when we go home, we should be full of days. Amen. So, but the thing is, you have to understand, it's not going to drop into your hands. Opportunities is not going to drop into. You know, you you and I we had to go out and take it. Amen. We had to go, and you can do it. Amen. You can do it. Yeah, but I don't know. Yes, you can. Yeah, but what about? Of course, you can. What is the old Nike advertise? Just do it. Amen. Just do it. Can I do it? Yes, you can. What is it? Nelson Mandela, he said his quote was that everything is impossible until it's done. Amen. Yeah, but my dreams are too big. No, you cannot. Have, I'm telling you, God's dream for you are far bigger than your dream for you. Amen. So now, God, he who has a revelation that Jesus is the Son of God, the gates of hell shall not prevail. The gates of hell shall not, cannot stay. So there is no, if you find a blessing in the Bible, if you find something that Jesus provided, now go and take it. I know when I became a, a Christian, uh, one of the early things that I struggled with was that, oh, has God forgiven me? Uh, I, I think I probably asked forgiveness for the same thing 10,000 times. Okay, oh, God forgive me. And then probably got a, what, uh, I forgave you yesterday. Yeah, but forgive me. I feel I don't feel I'm forgiven. Uh, you know, <laughs> no. Once once you have asked, there's one thing God can't do. He can't remember. Once you have confessed your sin, you don't need to feel forgiveness. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Once you have asked God to forgive you, that's it. You are forgiven. But sometimes our emotions, because we trained ourselves to live in that state, so we still feel, but, but the thing is, you're not your feeling. And then the devil will come and manipulate your feeling, how you feel, and say, ah, you're not forgiven. You better go and ask once more, once more. No, once you have asked, you are forgiven. The forgiveness, the devil cannot, the gates of hell cannot prevail. When I pursued my forgiveness, the gates of hell could not prevail. Amen. God holds nothing against you. Amen. He holds nothing against you. You are forgiven. Don't stop asking for forgiveness for the same thing. You, you probably can't even remember what you asked, what you did. You need to ask forgiveness for. But you just say, oh, I need to forgive me. You know, some people, you know, if you go to traditional church societies and they still, oh, forgive me. So when I asked one man, what what have you done now? Uh, nothing. So why do you need what, what did you say, God? Did I say that? Yes, you did. Because it just became a habit. Okay? Whatever you need is whatever past you may have had, whatever 
things you have had to go through, you know, pursue restoration, pursue redemption. You know, the gates of hell cannot prevail. Now, if you ever have time, read this old book with this woman. I think she's a Dutch Jew, Corrie Boom. She's a, she was a very famous Christian in the 70s. And, uh, and she ended up in a concentration camp in, uh, I think if I remember the story right, and the Nazi officer who killed both her parents in the concentration camp and so on. And after she became a Christian, she met him and God told her to forgive him. And of course, emotionally she couldn't, but she didn't walk by her emotions. But when she did it, not through what she felt like, she just, there's something tremendous happened in her. You have to understand, when we forgive people, it's not that we're saying people are getting away with it. It's that now, when we forgive people, we stop them hurting, keep hurting us. Do you understand? Uh, usually, when I became, became, I didn't want to forgive them. I don't want them. To, if I, if I felt, if I forgive them, God, they're getting away with it. Until I realized, if you bless our enemies, you pour hot coal upon them. So I bless a lot of people every day. Whoa! Oh, I'm surprised you still got hair. I blessed you yesterday. <laughs> you know. Anyway, but you can do it. Awake the warrior within you. Awake that greatness that is within you. And say, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Amen. So when, uh, so, 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 but no one else can do it for you. You can do it. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, let's pray. Father, in the name of